Now tell me about Kemper. They say he can control people's minds. Bollocks. They say that to keep him in their hospital. A mad serial killer's good for funding. But Kemper is not mad. Kemper was a professional hypnotist, a travelling stage act, a clever bastard. Get that light on. Remember, don't look in his eyes. He chose his young victims from among his audiences, hypnotising them on stage in front of unsuspecting parents. Hello and welcome to another episode of That's So Random, a random movie podcast. I'm Heath Lambert. Also, welcome back, Christine Horror. How are you, ma'am? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, she was here not too... I'm excited to be here, but not excited about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, she was here not too terribly long ago for the Malevolent episode, and now she's back for Cradle of Fear from 2001. <laughs> Where to start? Let's. You know what? I'll start with a positive, because I'm trying to be a more positive person on this show, perhaps, than I have been in the past. Uh, Can I be I'll, the negative one then? <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. I will. I will be eventually. But to, to start off, I think that the gore effects in this are surprisingly really good most of the time for something <laughs> of this budget level. I have to agree. Shot I on video, two thousand and one, super cheap. You know, a lot of the gore effects are really, really good. Okay. <laughs> I'd have to say that I did note that on one of the kills until they ruin it. <laughs> yeah, um, not bad, not bad. And it had a... better reviews than I thought it would have. So well, that has, to, that has to be like hardcore Cradle of Filth fans. Probably, but that's not saying much. Because, <laughs> yeah, this is kind of like a starring vehicle for Danny Filth lead singer of mm-hmm. Cradle of Filth, which, look, I know there's people who like that stuff. <laughs> you know, Cradle of Filth specifically, sort of black metal in a broader sense. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> Do you think they're wrong? I like, I like metal music, I mean, you know, but, like, I heard some of their music and I was like, yeah, not bad. But I, what were they doing for this movie? Because that wasn't black metal. Well, yeah, they don't do any of the... Cradle of Filth doesn't do any of the soundtrack, I don't believe. It's just random kind of whatever. It said the music was by them. At least what I read, it said it was by them, but I was like, this is like drum and bass and really bad, like, drum music, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That's just better. But it's... But, yeah. Yeah, and I know some people are into that stuff. Um, I had an ex who lived for that stuff. It's just, it's just not for me because a, a big reason that I listen to music is so that I can like sing along, you know, and like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and um, that's impossible to do mm. for, because, yeah, with, with, because what Danny Filth specifically does is not singing. No. It's vocalizing. I'm not saying that it's easy. I would, I, I can't do the growling and screeching like he does. But it's not singing. No. It sounds no James Hatfield. It sounds like <laughs> angry traffic falling down the stairs. Yeah. Is what, you know? <laughs> Which you would think that a movie like this would have more energy like that. And it doesn't. 
Like, I was so bored during this movie. It took me four or five times to get through it. I was so bored in, like, ten minutes. It is definitely... There's, just, there's no reason for it to be, like, two hours or two hours. It's 20 minutes, easily 20 that. minutes longer than it should be. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking that, too, and I was like, oh, this will be easy. It'll be, like, 70 minutes or something. And then I looked at the time, and should I was be. like, oh, no. So your yeah, so your affection for this film might be affected a bit by your affection or lack thereof for Cradle of Filth. Like I said, a band I have zero affection for, so it, it didn't earn any brownie points from me that way. <laughs> it's directed by a guy who directed a bunch of Cradle of Filth videos, so that's sort of how that connection happened. I can't really even say it's a starring view. Danny Filth is in it. Kind of, yeah. But I he, mean, he pops in, in and out. His total screen time is maybe three and a half minutes. <laughs> like, I mean, he's just he kind of this line, which he does deliver well. Boogeyman on the periphery, <laughs> you know. He's like, I'm just here to look cool. I want to be like the crow. Although, and I know, <laughs> I know I the, the whole time. I know the look is a whole thing, but I don't know how you'd get anything done in your day to day life when you have one of those claw things on every finger. <laughs> like one or two, I get. You know, people, maybe people don't, hopefully people know what I'm talking about. It was like a goth thing for a long time, particularly 2001 and earlier, to have, you know, like these metal sort of things that go on your fingers that bend mm -hmm. with your knuckles and they give you claw. They're kind of decorative and they're claw, but he has one on every single finger. Well, those are his weapons. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, I guess. But they seem more like for fashion, like they're an aesthetic. But there's well, one point where he's trying to just like open an envelope. And I'm like, how do you even do that with fingers like that? Like, I mean, the tearing open well, part I get, has... but holding it is impossible. Maybe he has a lot of practice. I don't know. He probably does. He probably does. <laughs> do we do we want to get into this? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it's an anthology film of sorts. I guess it's inspired a lot by the old Asylum movies and stuff, and that's, whatever, that's fine. But, yeah, it's always, uh, an anthology is always going to live or die by the quality of its, you know, individual parts. Mm -hmm. And, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> I feel like it's, it's, anthologies are tough, because do you start with your strongest one to reel people in, but then the, then the worry is they're going to get weaker as they go, or do you save your strongest one for the last one, which this did not do. Um, right. So that you have that, you know, that good finale, that good punch, but are people going to be bored, too bored to get there? I don't know. I feel like this one started with its best one. Did it? For me, anyway. Well, of the okay, four well, sort of... wrap around. And there is, and then... yeah, there is like the, the, book, the bookend stuff that kind of runs throughout about the cop. So... We're talking about the one about the girl from the club, right? Yes. That's the story you're talking about? Okay. I don't know. I mean, I guess the ending to that was better <laughs> than most of the stories. But I really liked, I think, the second to the last one was my favorite. The, amp the amputee one? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that had more of kind of like a Tales from the Crypt kind of a like ironic karma kind yeah. of payoff thing i suppose but i guess yeah if we get there i'll probably i'll say what i liked about it and then i would be like well why didn't they do this but yeah yeah maybe i'm swayed the, the by opening i thought was pretty i'm 
that first story I might be kind of swayed by two things. One, I thought I thought the gore stuff at the end of that was really with the spider baby thing breaking out of her. Mm. It was really good. And I'm hot goth girls are my kryptonite. <laughs> so maybe that was gonna be like boobies. <laughs> I mean, there's boobies in most of the, at least... Yeah, there is. There is. At least two of the stories. I'm just joking. No, it's, it's a fair it. assessment. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to sit here and bullshit. I'm a guy who likes goth girls, and there's a really, really hot one in the first story. That's, who is that's true. Uh, generous with her nudity, let's say. <laughs> Which, and part of me, you know, modern man is like, oh, I hope she was, you know, into oh, that yeah. and not pressured or anything but you know the rest of me is like man that is pleasant to look at <laughs> it's this is the duality i have to live with every day Cal, the, uh, the i guess the the movie starts and it's i guess part of the you know wraparound story because they're you know walking down the alleyway fog machines going everywhere <laughs> yes. like, uh what is it danny Fels, right he's just walking down the alleyway looking all cool you know, just attacks people out of nowhere, <laughs> then he gets attacked. And that's one of the really good gore effects, I thought. Oh, when he rips was, the top um, of the guy's head open? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an obvious dummy, but it comes apart in a very pleasing and effective way. Yeah, There's yeah. a lot of real edgelord. They... There's a lot of edgelord shit in here. Like, it loves puking. Like, puking is gnarly, right, guys? Yeah. Because, like, the first guy, he walks past, like, this homeless guy, and the homeless guy just seeing him, like, just starts puking. And it's a guy for real puking. Like, you can tell when it's <laughs> someone, like, puts a mouthful of stuff right before the camera, and then, okay, action, and then they spit it out. This guy was puking for real, and I don't care for it. No. And then I don't... the girl, and then the first thing pukes in a little while. That one was a, I have something in my mouth, but, yeah, it likes puke. That's real edgelord shit to be like. You know, <laughs> you know, puke you guys Ugh. and we're gonna kill a cat later it's so bad you know oh that's you know. that stuff <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's 2001 yeah right? i don't know if you wanted to go in order on this mostly um, but we can kind of jump right yeah we have the the bookend is this cop who and we'll get into his backstory but he comes into this crime scene and he's got a thing okay he has a thing where he has to touch the bodies Okay, uh -huh. I'm with you, and we'll find out why. But when, at least this first one, mm -hmm. it's the hot goth girl I was talking about. She's in bed. There's blood everywhere. <laughs> and he's not touching her forehead or checking her pulse. He's straight up groping her breast, like squeezing her breast <laughs> through her shirt. Like, buddy. Wait. And there's other <laughs> cops looking, and they're like, this is just his thing, man. <laughs> like, wait a second. I know, and I was like, so everyone's just cool with this? <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, and I can once we hear sort of his reasoning for wanting to touch dead bodies, I'm like, yeah, yeah all right, I, it's still weird and creepy, but I I kind of get where you're coming from. But that doesn't. There's a whole bunch of ways you can touch a dead body that don't involve feeling them up. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel mm -hmm. like, but yeah, that's sort of the start of the wraparound, and then we cut so it's you know close up on this dead girl's face dissolve into when she was alive so we've backed up now to how did this crime scene happen mm -hmm. this is mel she's played by somebody named emily booth who i guess in 2001 was some kind of big deal in this kind of movie i had never seen or heard of her before but looking yeah. through like letterbox or imdb they're like oh emily booth and i'm like okay 
So I guess that she was a big yeah, deal. I don't, but know. I don't know. She plays Mel. She's at the club. Her and her friend, not they don't just fail the Bechdel test. They set it on fire and kick it off a cliff. Like <laughs> all they're talking about <laughs> in the bathroom while they're doing rails of coke mm-hmm. at this goth club is. Are you going to find a man to fuck tonight? Oh, I already did. It's that guy. It's Danny Filth. I saw him from across the room. <laughs> it just really, yeah, just vulgar shit, which I'm not, I know, you know girls can be vulgar too, but I don't. Oh, t- do girls go in the bathroom dude, and have dude. this conversation? Like, <laughs> dude, I found the guy the who's, and she literally says, I found <laughs> the guy who's going to come on my tits tonight. Like, wow. Wow. <laughs> You know, every time I get with my girls at the bar, you know, we start we talk about boobs or dicks. I mean, that's just what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's all she's way into the whole like Danny Phil thing and the I say crow. I think he's trying to look like the crow, but <laughs> he's trying to, he's looking like Brandon Lee in the corner with his black hair and his white makeup. <laughs> yeah, and he's got he. But the thing is, Danny Phil just looks like this at all times. Like even just sitting around his yes house. Like, it's mm-hmm. not like, I suppose it's kind of like Marilyn Manson does, where like, that's just his, how he looks, because he has, like, contacts in that give him, like, super pale, yep. like, zombie eyes or, you know, but, yeah, she hasn't even spoken to this man. She just saw him across the room, they've been looking at each other, he licked his lips, which he will do a number mm-hmm. of times, that's his go-to <sighs> acting move. So gross. And she's just in, man. <laughs> yeah, and then they go back to, then, great, they don't have a, do they have an interaction at the at the place or they zero, don't at all right zero conversation that we see because <laughs> they're back at her house right yeah they're just back at her apartment yeah which is adorned with like she's got i mean it looks like a legit it doesn't look like i said it looks like a real apartment of a like a two goth person in 2001 yeah. Lo- london a because it's a hellraiser poster <laughs> on the wall there's a bram Stoker's dracula poster on the wall there's like weird like devil antler things on the wall like it's very <laughs> You know, it's probably for, Danny's like you know for the time. That's tough. <laughs> but she, and I, I think this is very important. She has this bag of pills mm-hmm. that she was showing her friend at the club, and she, I'm not crazy, right? She puts one in each of their drinks. Yes. Yes. I was yes. I was going to mention that because later on she's saying. like, "He drugged me." No, mm-hmm. you drugged you. <laughs> I watched you. You drugged the both of you, so I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. That was all her. But, and I, I questioned that too because I was like, wait, no, she put the pills in the drink. What? Yeah, and I thought Is it she was. she just trying to look sympathetic? Yeah, or maybe what she was putting in there was like Molly or Ecstasy or something that shouldn't do what is happening to her, and so she thinks he drugged her some other way. Yeah. But you don't get to complain that somebody drugged you when we watched you drug him. <laughs> we watched you <laughs> drug both of you. So I don't know. It's odd. But then we see the downside to all of this sexy get-up, which I love. I love the whole goth thing with the corsets and the everything. But it's mm-hmm. it takes a real long time to get off when it's time to get down. <laughs> it's a whole procedure. All these straps and buckles, and she's got to get this corset off. Hers is actually looks pretty. She does it pretty fast, and she strips down and gets she in bed. Doesn't take too much time. But we don't even see it's him like try to get undressed, because it would be a half an hour of the movie just for him to oh. get out of all of this shit. Oh gosh, yeah. He has um, layers. <laughs> he has layers upon layers of leather and <laughs> vinyl, and it sticks to your skin and. 
<laughs> but yes, yeah, so she's getting naked, and then she gets yeah, she's completely naked. naked then gets yes, in the bed, then covers herself up again. Yes, and then covers then up with a sheet. Again. <laughs> Which yeah, it's like the whole, <laughs> and it's the thing that I understand for movie purposes. It's the trope, but it drives me crazy because it's so unrealistic. Anytime in a movie that like people just got done having sex and then they get out of bed and take like the entire coverlet off the bed with them to keep themselves covered. <laughs> From who? From us, the viewer and the camera, because it's a PG thirteen movie or whatever. Mm-hmm. But why you were just you just had sex with the person in the bed. Why are you hiding your shame from them as you get up? You know, like why there's no reason to wrap yourself in a blanket to go across the it's, so stupid but yeah so it's kind of that she gets completely naked for him and for us then gets in bed and put covers over the sheet which he immediately comes over and rips off mm-hmm. gets right to it yeah starts yeah starts going down on her but then it goes immediately bad because she starts having like these weird and it's kind of cool i mean cheap but cool it's flashing <laughs> in and out of these visions she's having of like where his it's, arm should be uh, there's like these weird like hook and tentacle things yeah and his face is all fucked up and yeah like weird looking kind of like the messed up branch uh branch in bram stoker's actually like when he's all like messed up at the end of mm. of uh, bram stoker's and he's like crying and his face is all like <laughs> gross yeah. that's what it looked like to me <laughs> yeah strobe lights she doesn't stuff. snakes she's not yeah she does not seem to be enjoying it and then he's just like gone he's just like vanished mm-hmm. and then we get her doing like a silkwood shower <laughs> like she's in there like she's in the shower just like scratching her skin trying to like, wash him off i guess but what about the sound effects <laughs> for her rubbing her skin it was like fake like it sounded like <laughs> rubber and then she's like rubbing herself <laughs> and i was like what yeah, well, you can see, like, she's really going to town and, like, scratching herself pretty good, but yeah. that doesn't really pick up on Mike very well. So no. they had to add, yeah, it was practically like a wow, 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 like a. <laughs> yeah. And she starts bleeding and then in the she shower. Bleeding? Yeah. From, from her. Well, because she like is, like, meal. She's, like, sat down. So she's, like, sitting on her butt in the shower, and then blood is, like, coming out from underneath her. So, yeah, the assumption is from oh. there, as you'd say. Um. <laughs> Or as you just said. So, yeah, but I would, I mean, I would also have, so she's obviously freaked out and feels icky or whatever, but I would also be freaking out because yeah. there was a person in my room who literally vanished <laughs> without a trace. Mm-hmm. And, and I guess does she doesn't know. And does nothing. And... Who, yeah, I, yeah. Who, who we never saw you say a word to. Right. You probably don't and even know that, his name. Yeah, then... Well, he also doesn't have a name. According to the credits, he's just called The Man. <laughs> Yeah, he's the man, all right. <laughs> he's, he's the man. Who so far, yeah, we've seen him kill some randos in an alley. Well, which we kind of, yeah, we kind of started talking about and then skipped past. At the very beginning, yeah, he, these guys are like, ooh, look, you know, look at the goth guy. We're going to mess with this guy. And so they they start the fight with him. You know, they follow him down the alley and they're looking to beat him up. But he rips their throats out with his claws. And, yeah, the one guy, he, like, grabs the top of the head and pulls the top of his head open. and <laughs> So it's pretty, it's all right. But that's, but when, that's we, when they ruined the, the effect was good. But then when he throws the head down and squishes it, then it looks super obvious as a rubber head. But well, yeah. the, the effect before when, that when was really stomping good. On it. <laughs> but, but so we've seen him do that. And we've seen him mess with this girl, take this girl home and then disappear he has yet to say a word. 
So the next day, and then, uh, yeah. she gets yeah. off. She needs a cigarette really bad, and she can't get it lit. And a guy like, oh, well, I got jam, and you know, lights it for her, and then says like spooky shit to her. He says, "We must take, uh, we must look uh, after you now, because you're one of us." Now you're one of us, right? And she. And I was like, what? <laughs> she drops her cig- the cigarette she needed so badly, which is now lit. She's dropped on the ground and then just runs away. Yes, absolutely, walk absolutely not. You pick no, that. You no. pick that cigarette up. Five second rule, and you no. finish that cigarette. It's the only one you have. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. If if you had a night like she had, and you need a cigarette, yeah, you're not losing your cigarette. Plus, I want to mention those leopard shoes. I had those <laughs> that she wears. I had go. those in high school. <laughs> Is that around 2001? Yep, 2000, 2001. I had, had leopard sandals just like that. I love it. <laughs> So, so she, she's stumbling through the crowded streets of whatever London. part of London this is. They, there's, they mentioned Soho at some point, but I don't know if that's here or later or what. But And she's seeing in the crowd people that pass her. And this is, again, if it wasn't shot on video so that everything kind of looks like crap, <laughs> this would be kind of cool because, like, the masks and makeup effects they put on people. Well, some of the people that pass who are just, like, just smiling big at her. Yeah. And like laughing, and I, which I guess is supposed yeah. to be creepy, but it's not particularly, you know. But there are people that she kind of sees from a distance who have like, like the one guy who has almost, he almost looks like the elephant man. Like he's got a big yeah. puffy, like that was a pretty decent mask, especially since we were just seeing it for a split second and we're not lingering on it. Pretty good looking makeup or mask or whatever. And then the last yeah, guy like, she sees is like, it's obviously CGI assisted, but again, it goes so fast that you don't get a chance to kind of really study how cheap it looks. He has like, you can see inside of his, I don't know how to describe it. He has like, like a chunk taken out of his, his nose. Yes, from his nose and then like up between his eyes to his forehead, it branches out like a T-shape. is like carved out and you can see the inside of it and then down to his upper jaw so you can see like his teeth with no lip. Yeah. And it's CGI, like it's done with, it's a computer effect, but especially compared to some of the other computer effects in this movie, <laughs> it's pretty good. Like I thought it was a makeup effect when I, for, when it, for a split second when I first saw it, I was like, wow, that's pretty good. And then I realized, oh, it's CGI. And then it was gone. So it, it's yeah. there just long enough that you can't study that it's probably not that good. Yeah, so it, it they, I agree. They did a pretty good job on that one. Um, and then, oh, there's one other thing. Because she's seen all these weird things and demons and, you know, flashes of people. And then this girl says, you're having my baby brother? Yeah, this little girl. Yeah. But then the mom's like, don't say that to people. <laughs> but the mom has, like, this white worm coming out of her ear. Like, it's pretty... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. lots of... <laughs> Again, in the grand scheme of things, it's cheap and probably terrible looking. But in the in the... Specifically in... For this time period, this budget level, shot on video, you know, this standard of movie, a lot of it looks really good. I, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there are definitely worse movies than this. I know. I need to stop being so negative. <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. This is not a great movie. <laughs> but credit where credit's due, it's a better, in some way, in some ways it's, and we'll get to it, a terrible looking movie. <laughs> but there are moments mm-hmm. where you're like, wow, that's a surprisingly good looking effect or whatever yeah so she gets to her friend's house that she was with the night before who mm-hmm. is did i even write down her name nikki i think 
Yeah, Nikki. Uh, oh, I gotta say this. Okay. <laughs> when you hear the doorbells, I always thought it was the telephone. Is this just a London thing that their doorbells sound like telephones? <laughs> yeah, British doorbells have that more kind of the. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I can't that's be a confused. British I'm thing. like, what? Who is calling? <laughs> Who's calling on the phone? And right when she's at like, the oh, door, how unlucky. <laughs> but she gets to her friend. Her friend can tell. She's like, wow, okay, something's going on. Her friend who's just walking around in panties and like a sheer, like throw over nighty thing. She's in a towel at first and then she puts on. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. She puts on her sexy lingerie. Yeah. <laughs> For her friends. <laughs> something's going on with these two. Her apartment is a lot more, quote unquote, normal. Like, it's not mm -hmm. nearly as gothed up as Mel's is. <laughs> and she's like, you want some tea? And Mel's like, hell no, I need some vodka and Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. And a cigarette. But she says to Nikki, like, yeah, I went home with that guy and he fucking drugged me. Which again, like, no. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't tell me I didn't, I didn't see what I saw because you drugged you and him. But... Yeah, but ever since I've been seeing crazy stuff and I'm having a you know a really bad day, can I stay here? Sure, no problem. Right. They're sleeping in bed that night in the same bed. Um, which girls do? Which sure girls do, but I'm telling some you, do, some do. I'm trying to always. There's something going on with these two, or there has in the past, or if things had gone different, there would be soon because Mel wakes up, her stomach is like gurgling and hurts or whatever, and she's like, oh god, and she wakes Nick up and she's like, feel this. She puts Nikki's mm -hmm. hand on her stomach, and she's like, don't you feel that? There's something in there. Something's wrong. And she keeps putting it lower and lower and lower until Nikki is, like, in control of it. And Nikki starts putting her hand, like, in the top of Mel's underwear. Like, I got you, boo. I'll help you get back to sleep. <laughs> like, shit was about to happen. Like, Nikki was, a, yeah, Nikki was about to go exploring. Whether oh. it's the first time or not, who knows. But, but it doesn't come to that because... Right. And as she's doing that, two of her fingers fly off. Oh, that's right. And she, yeah, she's screaming, blood is squirting out. It's not a great fake hand, but it's not, I've seen worse. Mm. Because something in uh, Mel's, I guess, area <laughs> has bitten two of her fingers off. And then these, we see like, and again, this is done with computers too. Like we see her stomach sort of rippling, but it's, mm -hmm. but it's done pretty well. And then the practical effects start with these these sort of spikes or whatever start coming out of her stomach. Yeah, like stems or spider legs or yes. something. Yes. Like well, it turns out to be spider legs, but you can't tell at first. It just mm -hmm. kind of looks like spikes or something. She grabs a pair of scissors, starts stabbing herself in the stomach, so it's just <laughs> excessively gory. Then... Because Nikki is killed by the spider legs, right? And then Mel stabs herself, right? Well, Mel's or already Nikki... dead. Mel stabs herself to death with these scissors, and then yeah. this spider th her stomach bursts open completely sprays blood all over the room in nikki's mouth <laughs> <laughs> from across the room where she's standing screaming about her torn off fingers and this like again kind of kind of cheap looking and stupid looking but also given the circumstances kind of a fucking cool looking like well designed and well put together puppet of this like right. spider it's like a spider with a human baby head on it that turns and looks at Mel and then jumps across the room and attaches to her face and so that's how so or, or Nikki I mean and then so I missed to block that out yeah I didn't even write that down <laughs> and then more blood is flying around the, like there's so many there's probably a solid 10 seconds of just different walls and then 
we took a paintbrush and blood splatter and the next wall blood splatter and the next wall blood like it's a lot of blood and then we're back to this is the crime scene that the cop was at he goes to talk to his boss and his boss is like you know how's the case going this is not our first you know bodies or whatever he's like hey i also wanted to ask you (laughs) just out of curiosity the fellows tell me look you're a great cop okay don't get me wrong you're doing a great job but the fellas tell me you have a thing where you have to touch the bodies. What mm. is that about? <laughs> and he's like, I do because, and here's where we get a bunch of exposition, a bunch of backstory where there was a serial killer named Kemper. Mm-hmm. Not related. Not to be confused, yeah, not with, to be confused real with the real Kemper. Ed Kemper, yes. Who they got to one of his sort of crime scenes and there was a girl there who had like a broken pelvis and broken whatever. Who appeared to be dead and he didn't check well enough and she got locked in the freezer at the morgue and woke up and froze to death scratching at the door of the morgue freezer and ever since then when he finds a dead body he has to touch it to make sure they're really dead and he's not sending someone else <laughs> to the morgue a lot okay <laughs> the girl okay. was called abigail watson what's her name yeah which and that was seven years ago. Won't really matter. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm kind of on your side, dude. I get it. Up until <laughs> you're grabbing this woman's breast through her shirt, and that's how you're determining if she's alive? No, yes. but that's how you determine if you're alive. <laughs> it doesn't do much to tell you anything about her. Anyway. But Kemper... Uh, yeah, I didn't get this for a while. I was totally confused during this part until I realized, oh, yeah that it was Kemper in this next scene. Well, because they don't... Yeah, while he's talking about Kemper, it doesn't cut to a scene... The, the, the scene of Kemper in his cell is like after that instead of while, while he's doing this... A better way to indicate to us that this is the Kemper he's talking about would have been to put that footage in like under his narration about what happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but we see Kemper who is the most comically, obviously evil man because <laughs> he has these... crazy arched eyebrows and a big bushy beard and long hair and crazy eyes like Mm -hmm. he's obviously just evil 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 but he is in obviously a set they have built and the padded cell that he is in is so bizarre just the design of the walls well it's very dirty but like it's asymmetrical padding like it's stitched together like instead of like I'm trying to think how to describe it. You think of a padded cell and it's like a bunch of pillows stitched to the wall, you know? But this is like, the if the pillows were all different shapes and like triangular and not the same size and asymmetrical and like... So it's supposed to look, like design-wise, it's supposed to look like something. But it's also like, who would make, who would ever make a room like that? (laughs) Well, he's, they tried. Yeah, I guess. That's all you could say. <laughs> I think they wanted to make it look like a creepier padded cell, like creepier than normal, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess they, at this asylum they have the one creepy cell, and they're like, we have to put our creepiest guy in there. You know, it's basically like what Tim Burton would think of an asylum. I think. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. If Burton. it was in a Tim Burton movie where everything was a design choice like this, I I wouldn't even notice. But everything else in the movie looks like just real-world modern-day London. And then you have this one room that looks like it was designed by Tim Burton. And that throws me off. <laughs> but he 
He's got a whole thing under his mattress. He's got some stuff hidden, and then he pulls the toilet tank up, and under there he's got some other some other stuff. And he assembles this like a letter with this little medallion with his whatever his satanic logo on it, and like runs it up this out the window on a line, and we see it like working its way up through the bowels of the prison. So he's pass he's found a way to pass a note out to get it out of the prison. Well, you assume to someone else in the prison, but the next thing we see is Danny Filth sitting in, like, the attic of an abandoned house. With the letter. With the letter and this medallion, which we then see a really bad contact lens of his eye, like, turning into the symbol of that <laughs> medallion, and it's not great looking. But, so I guess Dan, I guess it was Danny Filth who was pulling the letter up on the, he was up at some drainage sewer grate somewhere up on the street pulling this letter up. I don't know. I guess. Or someone got it to him, either way. But it has an address. No it has an address on it, which Danny Filth now has, and that's kind of all we need to know. There's a lot of computer or C, not CGI. I hate to use the word CGI because that's stretching the English language. But CGI signage, like they'll have like a building, but they had to fake the sign, and you see this in cheap movies sometimes. But like. Mm-hmm. So it's like a matte painting of the <laughs> asylum, and then the sign for the asylum, they had to make, they had to cover a real sign in CGI to spell out whatever asylum, and it's the most obvious. Yeah. And there's a couple of spots like that, like even just like a street sign of like, oh, this is the street that was mentioned on that ad. You couldn't just write down a real street and then go find that real street instead of, <laughs> I don't know. It basically looks like like a Halloween decoration. You know, like right. you would put it up on your wall, like, oh, the asylum with the asylum sign. <laughs> yeah. But then here's another example. They could afford all of this good practical gore effects, but they couldn't afford, apparently, to get Danny Filth to this alley they needed him to be in because he is green screened in in front of this location where our second story is about to start where these two girls are walking down the street and he's watching them. They are there on the street. He is not. He is watching them from across the street, and he is so obviously green-screened into that location because his hair... You know how, like, when a weatherman is wearing the wrong color shirt and his arm disappears into the background? <laughs> it's like that. Yes. His hair is, like, like disappearing into the background he's standing in front of because he's been green... You couldn't just take Danny Filth for 30 seconds and put him in front of a street <laughs> corner and film it? What happened? Did you... You only had him for two days, and you had to... Shit, we need one more shot. Can you do this from home? Just put up a sheet in your bathroom and stand in front of it? I don't know what happened, but it looks terrible. He was at the club that night. <laughs> they got that one, either. and the, we got him for the first scene and the last scene. Everything else, we just got to green screen him into some <laughs> bullshit. But there's these two burglary girls, Emma and Sophie, who are walking down the street. I get, No, I guess they failed the back door test, too, because they're talking about the guy who told them about this apartment and the guy they're gonna rob <laughs> anyway somebody tells them about this house but i thought they were trying to go to like a hotel room i got all confused but i guess that was an apartment and then they walked down the street i was just like where okay <laughs> but i thought they were hookers at first but i guess they're just two thieves <laughs> yeah they're just friend well they seem like friends for a second then they stop seeming like friends very quickly but <laughs> Yeah, somebody told him about this abandoned flat this old guy used to live in and he died or left or whatever. So his stuff is just sitting there. They're going to go in and rob it. So they break in. They're creeping around. They constantly bitch about how they can't find a light switch. Like, 
way too long. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, light switches are usually in the same place everywhere you go. I don't know yeah. how you can miss it. It's not like, but, so they're creeping around in the dark. They find, and at one point they find these old dentures sitting on the desk. Oh, God. Which she puts in her mouth to scare her friend with. Absolutely no. fucking not. Nobody, nobody does that. <laughs> Those were in someone else's mouth, ma'am. I mean, even if you think it was a long time ago, I don't give a shit. What are you doing? I'm sure it's... Ugh, <laughs> my God. But she does that. They think that this, this... So they're searching around. They're not finding much. She finally finds, like, a mattress. And underneath it's, like, this tin full of cash. And it's tin, like a tin. It's not like a briefcase full of cash. It's like a toffee tin. I mean, it's not very big, so there couldn't be that much, even if it's big bills. But they're like, oh, this is a shit ton of money. Is it? But I think it's only like 2K or something like that. Yeah, even if it was all big bills, there's not that much in there. But what she failed to notice is that on the mattress uh, is this old man asleep who sits up and starts screaming like, Get away from my fucking tin! Where's my fucking tin? He's screaming and he's grabbing her. Which one is it? It's um, Emma. He's grabbing Emma, the blonde one. And Sophie, the brunette runs up and bashes him in the head with a like a candlestick. Yeah. More times than she needs to <laughs> to just knock him out. <laughs> um so now there's blood everywhere and they notice like they don't seem to give a shit that they've killed this man, like at all. Well, Emma kinda cares. He was like, why did you, she's like, why did you have to kill him? Yeah, why'd you hit him so much? Like, Sophie's like, whatever. Yeah. But Emma's like, oh that's why he didn't hear us come in. She points and there's like there's hearing aids there. He was deaf. That's why he mm-hmm. didn't we were stumbling around the house for the last 20 minutes and never woke him up. But then he jump scare, sits up again, and is grabbing Sophie, right? He and grabs, Emma has uh, to. Sophie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Emma's. Yeah. And this is, I've said it on this show before. You don't get it often, but I love it when you get it. Somebody getting stabbed either up through the chin or, in this case, through the cheek, and you can <laughs> see the knife blade in their open mouth. Awesome. That's always cool. That was I don't care. It was a malevolent conversation. It was in malevolent. That's right. This is two in a row. We've had this now. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Emma they stabs stab. him through the cheek, and you can see the knife blade in his open screaming mouth. It's just always cool. It always gets me. That was but, a good one. So she stabs one. him, kills him. So now they're both kind of responsible for killing him. Next no, thing. No, remember, uh, he gets back up again, and Sophie kills him again. <laughs> Sophie gets him with the, oh yeah, she gets him with she like. She gets him with another like blunt thing. Yeah, some know, kind of piece like, of, like a, a piece of yeah a statue or something. She grabs from this cluttered apartment. The next thing we see is them sitting together, more nudity, great, sitting in a bathtub together, cleaning the blood off. And one would assume, mm-hmm. I certainly did, <laughs> that they have gone home. Yes. <laughs> no. You would think this is in the apartment still. <laughs> this is in yep. the old man's apartment. His dead body is cooling in the other room. They have filled his bathtub to clean themselves off. At They're really taking their sweet-ass time at this murder scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess they don't want to... I guess if you don't want to leave a trail of blood out the door to, for the cops to follow, but you're certainly well, leaving I... DNA everywhere. And they leave their clothes there because their clothes are covered in blood. We don't see them dispose of them. We just see them like, oh, we got to take some of this old man's clothes now. And they're all too big. Which makes no sense because he was a the guy dude. that they kill is skinnier than they are. Yeah, and they're and making this big deal that these pants don't fit. Emma puts on these sweatpants <laughs> so like, that are comically too large for her. And no, wait, <laughs> they wouldn't have fit that guy either. 
<laughs> that guy was like yeah. a skinny old scrawny old man. They should fit you just fine. It's pretty silly. That, that was funny though because she's like fussing with her pants and then because they were arguing about, you know, you didn't tell anybody about us coming here, right? Like Sophie is tell, you know, yeah. saying to Emma and they're kind of arguing about it. And then, you know, then poor, you know, then Emma's just like, I can't keep my pants off and then her pants fall off like all funny and then she gets smacked in the face with by Sophie and I was like, that sucks. Well, because, yeah, because when they're in the it's tub, kind of funny at the same time. Emma admits that, okay, I did tell my sister we were going to rob this place. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. I know I wasn't supposed to tell anybody, but I did, you know, and so now Sophie's like, oh, God, like we're more loose end to tie up. So, yeah, she bashes Emma, Emma in the face, face, kills her. And then as she's leaving, she trips on her big-ass pants that she's wearing and falls down the stairs, <laughs> the first flight of stairs, and smashes her face into the wall and gets knocked out. She wakes up. It's broad daylight. She flees. It's kind of for no reason. I mean, I guess maybe it's we're supposed to wonder if it's a dream or not because she was not unconscious, but it really it adds nothing, the fact that she was unconscious during the night. Yeah, because, I mean, well, she wakes up and the bodies are... So she's kind of like... Well, yeah, you know, you're right. That's true. I forgot that. So she's just like, I guess I better go home. <laughs> yeah, that. don't look into it any further. But, yeah, you know, so she, she goes home. She has all the all the money in her pocket. She took all the money. Yeah, she's stuffed in this, like, baggy, this overly baggy clothes. <laughs> so she gets home. She's pulling all the money out. And then there's... She cheers. She gets some booze and cheerses. Yeah. Cheerses herself. And then... From behind her is, is it Ghost Emma, Zombie Emma? A little of both, mm-hmm. hard to say. Zombie Emma. Yeah, from both. <laughs> it's like a vengeful spirit, but they're like they're not like see-through like ghosts. It's just like, you know, they seem more like zombies. But, um, She's undead. Yes, either way. Has appeared in her apartment, is chasing her around. She comes in the other room, and there's zombie old guy that they robbed, and they sort of corner her. And zombie Emma stabs her in the eye with a broken bottle. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of that. It was That was a pretty <clears throat> short... I wish the last story had been... Because this one is... I mean, I guess there's a lot of time spent with them stumbling around the apartment not doing much. Right. But it seemed... It, feel, it goes by fast. It feels pretty short compared to the last story in this, which feels like it goes on forever for no reason. <laughs> but we'll get to that. I know. In his bed, our detective has a dream about where Kemper appears in his room and is like knocking his teeth out with a chisel. That was done pretty good too. Yeah, and tooth dreams are never good. That's (laughs) that's bad news all the time. I had one. I had one like this week about my teeth falling out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to remember what that means. We don't want to talk about that. It means something if you dream about your teeth falling out. I don't remember what it is. I have a book on my shelf somewhere that would tell me. I'm gonna. I thought it meant stress or something. Yeah, probably. And then he gets a prank call from Danny Filth, who's at the crime scene of the mo- of the story we just saw. Yeah. And he's just calling and not... He doesn't even say anything, does he? He's just, like, breathing. <laughs> you just hear mumbling. It's like... Yeah. Blah, 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 like demon mumbles. <laughs> so, like, his singing. You're like... <laughs> um, Basically. Yes. Demonic mumbling is a good description. So now the cop knows to go to that crime scene as well. He finds the medallion. Oh, yeah, Danny Filth is leaving that medallion that he got sent on either Emma or Sophie's 
corpse for the cops to find. Yeah. Then we cut to Danny Filth back in his uh, abandoned house attic, and he has a cat that he is holding, and it alternates pretty well between a real cat and a fake. There's one shot where it's like, oh, that's the fakest cat I've ever seen. But at one point, mm. this cat puppet is pretty good looking. Yes. And he cuts this cat open and spills its guts into a bowl, and then he's drinking these, gulping down the, <laughs> the blood and the guts from this cat. But it's pretty comical seeing him <laughs> with this cat puppet, like, oh, I'm cutting you open. Yeah, the what gives it away is that, you know, while he's stabbing it, you can see it the mouth and it's not moving but they have constant cat yeah. screeching <laughs> yes. going on so obviously the puppet i was like if they had not like banked on that too much and just didn't show the face like that would have worked it would have yeah. been fine <laughs> but it's still it's, it's done a lot better than i've seen in 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 some movies for sure yeah not bad yeah the first part was really good but he's got or we see kemper making up he has a list of and i guess it's it's a list of not this the jury and the judge and other people who are associated with sending him away, sending him to, yes. I guess not prison, but this asylum, whatever, when he went on trial. But, which, I mean, I guess that's what psychotic villains do, but at the same time, it's not like he was railroaded. When you hear about the things that he did, you're like, well, yeah, he belongs in this, <laughs> at best, he belongs <laughs> yeah. in an asylum, you know? Yeah, like... So they yeah, didn't do anything they, wrong. Uh, they did their jobs and sent an absolute <laughs> lunatic away. But because he's an absolute lunatic, he needs revenge for that. Yeah, my favorite one is he ate the bodies to get rid of the evidence. Yeah, until he couldn't eat like, anymore. Oh. And then there was just body, there was just dead body parts laying around his apartment <laughs> for people, the neighbors to smell. And that's how he got caught. Because <laughs> he couldn't yeah, eat yeah, anymore. Smell, yeah. yeah, we did We did get, at some point, whether it's here or later, we can cover it now, it doesn't matter. Kemper's sort of backstory is he's like a world-class hypnotist who would put on shows and he would leave post-hypnotic suggestions in the children he performed for so that when he like showed up at their door or across the street or whatever and said this word to him that they would like come to them. But you, you still have to be within earshot. The idea is he the subliminal message would make them come to him. But they have to be within earshot. Or maybe he would call their house and say it. I don't know. But you, they have to hear you say it. So you still have to be with it. I felt like, I guess the telephone word make more sense. But if you take that out of it, it's like you have to yell from across the street the word and they're really not coming far to get to you. But yeah, I suppose he could call them. They would come to him and then he would rape and murder them and eat them. The cannibalism seemed like an afterthought. He just wanted to like kill people, but then he didn't know how to dispose of the bodies. So he thought, I might as well eat them. Is how the story seems to go. So it wasn't like I'm killing people to eat them. The cannibalism was just like, well, now what do I do? <laughs> I'm not remembering some of this stuff. I'm realizing now that I blocked out a lot of those movies. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but yeah, so he has this list that he's crossing off the names of the people who sent him away. And he's crossing off another one because the, I guess, Emma or Sophie, one of the two was the daughter of somebody, the judge or something. I think it's I think it's the relatives of the people, not the actual people. Yeah, that could be it. Because the last story is what kind of... Yeah, that's we'll true. We'll get to it. Yeah, because the, la the last one's dealing with the son. Well, then I don't know what the next story has to do with anything. <laughs> because I don't know either. It's just somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Unless that guy's a lawyer? Yeah, or it could just be somebody who was on, who was on the jury or the jury. Because he crosses off jury foreman. Yes. So maybe that was... I don't know. But 
Yeah, so we hear all his backstory, and then we get a scene with the DIY cert team coming in. The, uh, what is it? It's CIRT, right? Crisis Intervention and Rescue Team is that what it is. It's the, it's like a SWAT team specific to prisons and stuff. So oh, they yeah, should yeah, have yeah. all like the SWAT gear, but obviously they couldn't afford that for this movie. So the guys who come in are wearing <laughs> just like, like pillows under their clothes and then like welder's masks and <laughs> I don't <laughs> like a metal helmet but with like a mesh screen like it's not SWAT equipment it's whatever they found laying around a junkyard and it's so funny <laughs> they're just this ramshackle t- like what is the budget at budgetary cuts at this asylum I guess <laughs> these guys look real <laughs> DIY and not and not in a good way but they come in and start beating on Kemper so they can put a for well, what real reason I don't know I guess he got caught smuggling. Somehow they knew he smuggled that letter out or something. I don't know. But they put yeah, they him in. Cl- yeah, they want to clean out his. Uh, they want to clean out his cell or like search his cell. So that's all I knew, or that's all I got out of it. And they want to put him in another cell. Or and they want to get him into one of those leather uh, Slipknot masks or like a Hannibal, oh, not quite a yeah. Hannibal Lecter, but like something to keep him from that covers his eyes and keeps him from opening his mouth and like spitting or biting. Yeah. So then we start the third story. This guy Nick and his wife are out driving. Driving Party. fast in their sports car. Yeah, doing coke while they're driving. It's like it ain't no thing. The recreational... Maybe I'm just a sheltered Midwestern boy. But I'm in my <laughs> mid-40s. And I have never witnessed... Maybe I need to be in a bigger city. But I have never witnessed the just commonplace everyday recreational use of cocaine (laughs) (laughs) that you see in a lot of movies and TV shows. It's not just this one. I mean, this was 2001, but you still see it in stuff now where people are just like, just casually doing coke during their day. And I'm like, I've never seen that. It happens. I guess it happens. Especially if you got the money. If you got the money, that's all that happens. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Especially in LA, man. (laughs) Or maybe I'm just a a lame-o who ran with nice boys and nice girls who didn't <laughs> I don't know but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not saying I've never people. I'm not saying I've never been around someone who did coke but just the right. nonchalant like oh, oh it's yeah. three in the afternoon I'm gonna do some coke <laughs> you're in the middle of JC Penney's or whatever the fuck like I've never seen that maybe not that public but yeah it does happen <laughs> but they're driving not paying attention to the road hit a homeless guy whose one of his cans flew out in the street and he had to go get it no uh, some dudes mess with him just to be mean and like throw his beer in the middle of the street and be oh yeah that's what it is <laughs> but he goes chasing after his can of beer and they take him out with a car and nick immediately proving we don't need to care for anything that happens to this man <laughs> gets out of the car sees the dead body looks at the car and goes whew not a scratch. Gets back in the car and drives away. <laughs> Did not care at all that he yeah. hit a person. Mm-hmm. Just cares that his car is not scratched. So we immediately know, well, this is kind. Of, this is the real villain of the film. <laughs> and anything that happens to him is a-okay. Mm-hmm. What an asshole. <laughs> but, and this is true. We go back to their house. A sex scene begins between Nick and his wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, another lovely pale woman they found to be in this movie and take her top off. <laughs> And it is revealed that he has an amputated leg. Yep. Which is and... fine. Yeah. 
But then it turns into weird, like, amputee porn, edgelord amputee porn for a second, because she's, like, kissing the stump and licking the stump, and, like, <laughs> she is into the stump. Yes, his wife Natalie is, is yeah, that's her kink, that's her thing. Which, Which like, makes me wonder. She's your own, man. No, because I was going to say, did she seek out an amputee specifically to marry because that was her thing? But no, because we could, we come to learn, we don't know really what happened to him, but no. he is having trouble now performing in bed because he's so preoccupied with the fact that he's missing a leg. He doesn't feel like a man. And she seems, first, well, not only does she seem cool about it, where she's like reassuring to him, like she's... Uh, yeah, she's very like, okay. into the fact that he is missing a leg. So that must just be a thing either she just developed or she's trying too hard to comfort him. Like she's taking it overboard. You know, she's maybe, like, I, I mean, don't want him to feel self-conscious about the stump. I guess I'll just make out with the stump and really put on a show of it. <laughs> I think she's really into it. We don't, she I seems really don't know into when it. she got into it. We, no, we could, okay, because... Um, it must have been immediately because well, she's thought... adjusted to it a lot faster than he has. Well, I thought he couldn't perform because he was upset about the dead body. And then you're like, oh, no, it's because of his leg. <laughs> no, he didn't give like, a fuck. Oh. He didn't give a fuck but about the homeless guy. I thought maybe it affected him later. <laughs> no, because he said something about, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't do this because yeah. I'm tired of not feeling like a man. Like, it's not like you didn't lose your it... manhood, quote yeah. unquote. You lost a leg from the knee down, like, whatever. So yeah, but see. then you see the reason why I know she has it a uh, thing for because like she's sitting there. There's another time where he has his fake leg on the table and she's just stroking it. Yeah, and like rubbing it. <laughs> so that means she has developed like, very quickly a kink that she yeah. didn't know she had before. So just roll with it, buddy. You got you have a, a beautiful woman who clearly is supportive mm -hmm. of you and not only not running away from you when you have lost a leg, but is really double down <laughs> and is is gung-ho so just i don't know man i feel like you're the the lady doth protest too much but yeah he doesn't he he's not he's not into that he goes to see a doctor or a surgeon or it's, it's, apparently it's the surgeon who did his amputation mm -hmm. but this surgeon I, w I wouldn't trust his office his desk has two things on it a computer monitor <laughs> and a human skull <laughs> <laughs> or at least like a model or replica of a human skull. And that is it. Yes. Not an in-out box, very... no paperwork, no family photos, no name plaque, nothing. It's an empty office. It's also really dark. It also is not well lit. <laughs> what kind of back alley <laughs> bullshit surgeon is this? <laughs> <laughs> but he's having a conversation with this, with this doctor who's like, Hey, I'm sorry, you know, I told you this could happen. You know, I'd love, I'd love to be able to just give you a new leg, but where do you get a leg from? Which is <laughs> practically, you know, we see Nick going like, hmm, where does one get in? Like, it plants the seed of an idea that he somehow never had before. And then we get a really, really good gore effect. He shows up at this dude's house. It's somebody that he knows. I guess they did a, a quote-unquote job together at some point. So he's some yeah. kind of crook. There must be thieves or bank robbers or jewel thieves, whatever. Shows up at this guy's door. Doesn't seem too happy to see him. He's like, hey, man, what are you doing here? I haven't seen you in a while. It's weird that you're here. And he's like, I need your leg. <laughs> Just matter of fact, like, I need your leg. He's like, what are you talking about? And he knocks this guy down and hacks his leg off with a machete. And it's a really good looking gore effect. Like, it's a good leg. It's a good leg. 
Yeah. It's really good. But no, oh, but the suitcase. <laughs> well, yeah, he walked in with a, what appeared to be a heavy-looking suitcase, and we're like, hmm. I mean, you kind of know what it's for, but it's a suitcase full of ice that he's going to pack this guy's leg in. He just leaves him ice. to bleed to death. Yeah, it's just ice cubes. Yeah, it's not like dry but ice. But it's perfectly laid out. Of the... <laughs> it is. It's, yeah. <laughs> it traveled well. And, it um, did. It did. Yeah, the he, ice lesson. He packs this cut-off leg in the ice in this suitcase. Shows back up at the surgeon's like, hey, you need a leg, right? Have I got a leg for you? And the surgeon's, you know, and he tell, holds the surgeon at gunpoint and makes him attach this clearly <laughs> ill-begotten leg to him. Uh, then we see Nick at home kind of recovering from getting the leg back on. It goes a lot more smoothly than I think these things tend to go, especially if it's not something like, did you, how do you, did you know that guy's blood type? How did you know that your body wouldn't reject this leg? I guess. Maybe that's. Details maybe that's don't why matter. He called that certain person. Yeah, maybe <laughs> he knew that they he had the same research. blood type. So we see Natalie comes in at one point into their bedroom, and there's a woman kind of kneeling over him, so it looks kind of suggestive. But yes. she's like, "What the hell is going on here?" And when she sits up, and you can see that it's a nurse, and she's like giving him a shot of some sort into his sort of right by the sutures, whether it be antibiotics or painkillers, whatever it is. So we see him adjusting to having this new leg and the new mobility that it provides we get this mod this goofy montage of them like running around a park together and just like being in yeah. love <laughs> which does not belong in this movie it's like all sunshiny and like it oh, might as well we have, have to give a call out <laughs> Go ahead. we gotta give a call out because he's wearing a san diego chargers jersey because <laughs> i'm from san diego so i thought that was funny yeah, i was and like they're in london so i don't know in london have a why would they have a San Diego Chargers? That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> Some of that stuff travels. But I think a lot of like European, way. doesn't it? I mean, I don't know. Like, and I so it's funny too because a lot of people don't like the Chargers, even people in San Diego. <laughs> and of course, we don't have them anymore. So they're what the Oakland Chargers now or LA Chargers? I don't even know anymore. <laughs> yeah. But them out, them out in yeah. the sun in this park, like frolicking around. It might as well have like, <laughs> what's the song I was trying to think of? Playing over it. It made me think of the Naked Gun, like, um, oh, something yeah. tells me I'm into something good. Like, it should have that playing over it. It's so goofy. It all like, yeah. Oh, then they're going to a fancy place, but I don't know where. Well, and he has a nightmare about somebody coming in and stabbing Natalie in the chest in their sleep. Yeah, that was the guy he took the leg from. Yeah. And that guy sort of appearing in his house, but it doesn't, nobody's actually there and he's just having weird dreams. And yeah, they're going out to celebrate, I guess, the fact that he's adjusted to, you know, and their life can get back on track or whatever. She should seem bummed out now because her kink has gone away. Because <laughs> she really, really seemed it. It was like, oh, man, I really like that stump. But he's, again, driving a little fast, driving like an asshole through the streets of London. Except now he's trying to slow down and stop and he can't because the new leg that he has is has a mind of its own. And is mm -hmm. stomping on the accelerator, stomping on his other foot to keep it from using the brake. At one point, it turns up his leg, twists and turns itself upside down to like, with like cracky, like sound, you know, like pretty good. So they can't stop. They're speeding, screaming through the streets, smash into a, like a guardrail or something. Yeah. And wind up skidding off through like a guardrail up against the thing. Mm -hmm. He wakes up and looks out the window. And this is a pretty good effect, too. 
Natalie was obviously thrown from the vehicle and like wrapped around this railing. Like her one leg is gone. Her arm is like literally like wrapped around this railing like a rope. It's fucked up. It's cool though. It's not bad. I called it the human pretzel. Yeah, she looks like a human pretzel. And again, they, they <laughs> don't linger on it. They show it just quick enough that you know what you're looking at, but not long enough that you can study it and be like, oh, well, that look at that part. That looks stupid, you know? Yeah. So they do a good job with that. And then, so the paramedics come up to, like, check on him and get him out of the car, and he's freaking out and sawing that leg off. <laughs> he's sawing his own leg off. He's, like, and the paramedic's like, it, trying to kill whoa, it. buddy. The paramedic's like, peace out, and, like, backs away. Like, you're <laughs> on your own, pal. I'll check back on you when you're done with whatever this is. You're clearly going through it. But then Danny Filth shows up and kills these paramedics for no fucking reason. Yeah, he stabs out one of them. Their eye, one of the guy's eyes with his little, you know, claw yeah. fingers, <laughs> and then just slashes the other I one. I guess maybe so they can't save Nick's life because Nick is supposed to be the next victim of Kemper or whatever. I, maybe that's the only thing I can think of. There's no other other than like we need Danny Filth in this scene for something. <laughs> think of think of a reason for him to be here. He's supposed to be in each one of these. But that's the third story done, and then we get back at the. The police station, the detective's talking to the captain again. The captain's like, hey, man, your work, like, the bodies are really piling up. Are you not making any leads on this? You, you, you're over here talking about Kemper. Kemper's been locked up in an asylum. Like, you need to get over that shit. Also, by the way, <laughs> no one's been able to get a hold of your son for, like, a week. Have you talked to him? <laughs> like, we should, the dad shouldn't, but uh, this detective and his son don't seem estranged necessarily, but they're not super close. He's like, yeah, the last time I talked to him was, like, two weeks ago. And they're like, okay, well, we're looking into it for you. And, of course, he immediately is like, oh, fuck, Kemper got him. Which is true. Yeah, because he sees, he sees his name on the list, and so he's like, oh, my son's yeah. in danger. Yeah, because he assumed Kemper was going to come after yeah. him, but he's not. He's going after, I guess, family members of people. And we, the, and then the last story starts, and it's, the, it's, it's so long. This is the one you could have trimmed so much out of to make this movie shorter. But Richard works for some... A company called freestuff.com, which seems like a pretty good company to work for. I'm, I was trying to figure out what his job was. I don't know because it Who seems, it I, seems I, like I one of those. He was doing a report on yeah. what he was looking at, but it, that's not it, I guess. I don't know. It's one of those 2001, like just internet website startups that would just, it was probably out of, gone and out of business six weeks after this, but mm -hmm. whatever it is that they do at freestuff.com, he's, uh, rather than working, he is. He's obsessed with the dark web and looking at uh, like snuff stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, what's the one? I don't, Very I, kinky thing. I don't even want to like say their name to like advertise for them for my listeners, but what's ah, what was the name of the site that was, yeah, it was big around this time? What is wrong with my brain today? I can't remember anything. This movie causes brain fart. Yeah, that, could, that could be it. <laughs> Mo was it monstrous dot it wasn't monstrous.com it was something like that yeah that was a website that was known for having like they just had like this archive Disturbing of like stuff on it. crime scene photos and real death you know oh okay stuff i think i know what you're talking about but shit. i can't remember the name either yeah it was something like ogreish that's what it was ogreish.com nasty oh, okay. shit that a younger me to test his metal i must you know <laughs> i'm a tough guy i'm gonna look at this stuff and about 30 seconds in i was like oh no i'm good i don't, yep, ever need, yep. I don't need that in my head at all so yep <laughs> i don't know if they're still around or not i don't recommend anyone now that i've gone out of my way to say the name of it <laughs> i don't recommend you go find it but he's obsessively looking at this stuff he has a co-worker named penny who kind of catches him looking at it 
it's like a video of like somebody getting decapitated or something. She's like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, oh, no, it's for work. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Quick kitten video. <laughs> you know, turn it. <laughs> solitaire. The surprise solitaire button. But they have a date tonight, I guess. So yeah. it seems like a pretty successful date that they go out on. And they go back to his place. Yeah. They're laughing. They seem to be having fun. Uh, he tells her to go to this one room and like wait there for him. I'm going to bring the champagne up. And it doesn't seem too terribly menacing or anything. But then the next day at work... People are like, hey, has anybody seen Penny? Because <laughs> she went out with that guy last night and nobody's heard from her today. She didn't come into work. Three days later, they haven't seen her. Right. It's been three days. But man. And they said the last, yeah. And she had a date with that guy, Richard. Yeah. <laughs> terrible criminal. Like, <laughs> yeah. you made it real, real obvious. <laughs> you were the last person she was seen with. And he's just like, whatever about it. Don't shit where you eat. Yeah. What they're like, hey, man, the boss comes over and he's like, hey, man, have you seen Penny? I heard you went on a date with her. And he's like, no, I don't know anything about that. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, like just real. Why is Penny my business? And the boss is like, "Hey, asshole! <laughs> one of your coworkers is missing." Yeah. You. But then one of the friends goes to Penny's. One of her female coworkers goes to her house, and she's not. She's not missing. She's at home, but she's like all beat up. She's like bruised mm-hmm. and bloody in her face. You know. So obviously something bad happened. Well, and we saw him when he looked at her when he was when they were talking about going out on their date, we had a quick flash of like his, like he saw, when he looked at her, he saw her as like all tied up, like bound and gagged. So he's got real, his mind has been warped by the dark side of the web and he's got real issues. So, but he did, when they came home from the date, he like beat her up or something and she has not reported it. She has not Mm -hmm. turned him in. She just like, so whatever he said or did to her has scared her enough that she doesn't want to even like tell on him. I don't know, but yeah, because all she says to her friend, she's like, "I'm never going back to work." Yeah, and like that's you're like, quitting your job <laughs> rather than see she's risk seeing like, this man again. Go to the police. Mm-hmm. What the fuck are you doing? What did he say to you? Right? I don't know, but but everyone else knows about. I mean, I know you might not have this. Might not be the kind of office where you have a like a mandated reporter, but <laughs> you know, someone in this office, everyone knows what's going on. <laughs> How is no one else Apparently Richard reporting just doesn't him? care. No one else seems to care. Like, they're mad about it, but no one's going to the police and, like, nar- no. narking him out. I don't know. Very <laughs> weird. He stumbles upon... There's a lot of... There's so much screen time wasted on him trying to find the right URL to get into this thing that changes every day or whatever. Yeah, the sick room. Yeah, the sickroom.com, where this thing that he has found where you get to basically they have captured people they have them in like a cell and you get to you pay money and you get to direct sort of what happens to them you get to pick like oh they get beaten with a stick or stabbed with them in the face or you know you get to pick these like the drop down box options of what is going to happen to them and then you get to watch it live on camera so it's like the ultimate in snuff where you're directing this you know but he keeps getting locked out of it and then he just, he's very lucky at finding, like, it, the part of the UR, it was like backslash pussy backslash zero something, you know, and, he, and it was not that the next day. So he's like, God, what is it? And he gets mad and he's like, fuck, and he types fuck, and that's what it is. And he's back yeah. in and it's like, come on, man. It's like my password is password. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so stupid. But so he's, yeah, he now he's obsessed with that to the point that he, well, whether he's getting fired for that or he's getting fired because everyone in the office knows that he physically abused a coworker, but the boss and all the coworkers like confront him at his desk and they're like, "Hey, you're fired. 
but he also but he's getting like a severance check or something so <laughs> i guess it's not too bad that might just be an english <laughs> a british thing but he headbutt headbutts his a pretty good impressive solid headbutt knocks lays yeah. his boss out on his way <laughs> out of the office but now he can't that's where his internet access was so now he's at home trying to do it on his laptop and then i guess because the chain of events is not terribly clear and it all takes way too long but I, I I think he because he's not working anymore. He's not working, and he's spending yeah, all his money his, on the sickroom.com website. Right, so his yeah. internet gets turned off, his power gets turned off, he loses his house, whatever. Because next time we see him, he's just hanging out at like internet cafes, trying to do it. He's sleeping outside like a homeless person. Maybe he is homeless at this point, just under a piece of cardboard outside the internet cafe, waiting for them to open so he can go in the next day and do it. Like, all he wants to do is just watch this sickroom.com and kill people by proxy, sort of. But it goes it goes on for so, so long. So long. Oh, yeah. And through, I don't even, see, at this point, it's hard for me to even pay attention anymore. At some point, he tracks down, and I don't even remember how, where the literal sickroom is. Like, where the location that they're streaming the website from? At least where they're broadcasting things from. It's like this little cottage or something. So how he tracked that information down is unclear to me. He sends, sends like, a post somewhere. Because at the Internet Cafe, he's, like, sending an inquiry to somebody or to a website. And then he gets a message back with that information. Oh, like a chat room or something. That's right. But I don't know who he's... Yeah... Yeah. So he's out in the countryside, finds this sort of pretty nice cottage. Looks like somebody probably rich lives there. Yeah. And this guy lets him in, and they have a conversation. I also don't really remember, <laughs> but it amounts he to. Saying, you remember saying, yeah, than I me. don't know. I don't know who these people are. They just, you know, put their, you know, their equipment in the back. That's all I know. And he's like, "You want to go see it?" <laughs> Yeah, he's like, they paid me a lot of money just, just to have their, like, broadcasting stuff here. I don't really have anything to do with it. But also, do you want to go see it? <laughs> you just said you don't have anything to do with it. And the next thing you know, he wakes up, Richard, I mean, wakes up in the sick room himself. It's newest victim, and guys are coming to do stuff to him, and he's like, no, you know, no, this isn't how it was supposed to be. I was supposed to be the one doing this, not the, but he found it, and now he's been turned into... So someone else is watching him get killed. But that but that, that all seems like a thing of his own doing that is not that's not something Kemper influenced, right? <laughs> that just seems like him no, getting his comeuppance I mean... for being a piece of shit. Like I don't know. <laughs> uh yeah, and I don't know, maybe maybe there he's influenced by the dark side and that was Kemper's influence yeah, making be. him evil or something i don't know or maybe kemper so course, or danny filter the ones it. in the chat room who send him the information about how to find it yeah maybe, maybe they yeah. introduced him via the chat room introduced him to it in the first place that could be who knows not explained they then of course the cop finds out that his son's dead and of course at this point i was like yes the movie's over but it's almost <laughs> <laughs> Well, Danny Phil shows up at the asylum, kills the nurse on duty who was like watching a horror movie on TV, of course, and he just like he just like snaps mm-hmm. her neck or something unimpressive. Yeah. And then, yeah, the cop, the detective learns that his son is dead, and he's like, "Well, I'm gonna go kill Kemper then, because Kemper's responsible for this somehow?" Mm-hmm. Question mark. And the boss is trying to stop him, like, "Look, man, I can't let you do this." And he, it's so funny. The punch that he throws at his boss 
he knocks his boss out so his boss will get out of the way. But it is the slowest punch with the biggest windup <laughs> that it would be impossible to not see coming and get out of the way. <laughs> like, he brings right. his arm back like... Mm -hmm. And then punch like you had a solid five seconds to go. Oh, this guy's about to punch me. I'm going to step two steps to my left because I don't want to get punched. But he doesn't. It's the slowest thing. But he knocks his boss out. You see him loading his revolver and he's going to get to the asylum. The cop takes one of the orderlies or something at gunpoint and it makes them lead them down to Kemper's cell. He gets in there and he starts mm -hmm. shooting Kemper. Like he shoots him in the arm. He's going to just keep shooting. He's going to shoot him slowly over time until he dies, I guess. <laughs> And then, and then the the DIY cert team shows up again in all of their glory. All their glory, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> their Home Depot shopping list glory. And sort of tackle the cop and stop him. But one of the cert guys is Danny Filth mm -hmm. in disguise. And he takes the mm -hmm. helmet off and then slot. It's kind of a cool... This ending is kind of cool. As Again, as cheap as it is for this kind of movie, it's pretty cool. He pulls out this gigantic knife that looks like almost looks like a fang, like a big, like an animal yeah. tooth almost, but it's this huge knife. Stabs all these cert guys, cuts the one cop or the cert guy's head off. That the decapitation yeah. does not look good. It's a really bad, like just the, then the stump with the blood shooting out <laughs> of the really fake body, you know. Yeah, so he kills all the, the cert guys, and then it's revealed that he is Kemper's son. And he's yeah. been orchestrating he all off, of this. Yeah, he takes off Kemper's uh, mask so they could talk. And he delivers his one line right here. <laughs> he's like, rest now, for our duty has just begun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Real. But real he delivered it well. Yeah, you know? it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. But, and then we get a really cool, so the decapitation was bad, but this head explosion is, it's, again, it's CGI. 2001 CGI, but it it looks, for that, it looks good. The top half of Danny Filt's head evaporates. <laughs> and, like, the bottom half from, like, the nose down is left. Uh -huh. Sitting there. And it looks pretty good. I thought it looked thought pretty was, good. I, especially, I mean, if you're looking on a laptop or, you know, a low-res thing, it'll look really good. <laughs> I was watching it on a 72-inch TV, and I still thought it looked really? all right. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Again, surprisingly all right for something of this caliber. It's not like no, yeah. The way they did it was done really well because then it had you know the blood effects behind it, and you know, and it was kind of disguised that way, and the blood running down his face. So that kind of all kind of went together as opposed to looking too obvious. Yeah, but it happens. It I happens thought. so fast, and it looks yeah, it looks pretty good. The cop has blown the detective has blown Danny Phil's head off, and Kemper is screaming. He. Finishes, he shoots Kemper full of holes and kills Kemper. And then this other sort of orderly kind of runs in. And is like, whoa, what the fuck's going on in here? Everybody's dead, <laughs> you know? And then, uh -huh. this is pretty cool too. These spider legs start growing out of what's left of Danny Filt's head. And he and the bottom <laughs> oh, okay. half of his head starts like screaming. Like the mouth opens and he's yeah. screaming. And maybe chanting or whatever, saying shit. And these spider legs are growing out of his head. And then we just cut to the outside of the asylum. And we hear the cops screaming and shooting, shooting, shooting. And obviously failing to kill whatever this thing is. And I don't yeah. know. I didn't oh, mind I wanna... that. I thought the ending was maybe the best part. Yeah, but... that was fine. But I have to laugh, you know, because I told you it took me way too many times to get through this movie. Right. Right when the spider legs came out, my internet connection went out. Oh, no. And I was like, 
God damn it. And so I had to go, I had to get on my phone and finish the last like three minutes. <laughs> and I had to like find it and get on Tubi and then get all the way to the end and like rewatch like some of it. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> so I just laughed so hard. I was like, really? This movie is just fucking with me now. Like, <laughs> just cursed. Because <laughs> the movie was two hours and three minutes long. Yeah, and that's like, my number one issue with it. Beyond the cheapness of it, beyond how completely I do not give a shit about Cradle of Filth or Danny Filth or any of that, you know, that's my biggest. There are things in here to like, though. Like, like we've like we've said, the the a lot of the gore effects are really good. The writing is not as terrible as you would expect. Some of the acting is not as terrible as you. Some's pretty bad, but some's all right. It's just plenty of nudity like if you're into that kind of thing. To be in this movie. But it is. The nudity, yeah, the nudity was good. It is way, nice way too long. This, if ever there's a movie that should be a tight ninety minutes or less, like you said, seven, like eighty, yeah, seventy yeah. or eighty minutes, mwah, chef's kiss, perfect, sweet spot. Two hours, yeah, because uh, three for... minutes is an insane amount of time to spend on something like this. <laughs> yeah, I guess for my podcast, I'm doing a uh, chopping mall, right? Right. Seventy-seven minutes, perfect. <laughs> I couldn't have taken that movie any longer, and that makes it fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a per but, yeah. um, for that is a perfect length for a movie like Chopping Mall, <laughs> and a perfect length for a movie <laughs> like this. And so, that extra forty minutes is like oof, that. That's the that biggest deterrent, I would say, to people watching this. Otherwise, I mean, I, yeah, I would say fast forward, especially that last story. You can fast anytime you see him sitting in front of a computer, just hit fast forward. Because <laughs> that's going to be 20 minutes of your life you'll never get back. But other than that, I almost would, I would almost recommend people watch this just because it's, yeah, a lot of the gore is really good. It's definitely a relic of its time. This is a movie from 2001 in every possible way, from being from the shot on video to the good effects and the bad effects, the music, uh, the, the outfits, everything about it is a time capsule of 2001 if you want to... <laughs> Remember that? Yes, or... I had a lot of those clothes. So. <laughs> well, I would say with friends and some drinks, it would be a sure. lot of fun. Could, and like could be. being by yourself trying to get through it is another thing. <laughs> yeah, having to take notes on it. Yeah, maybe that I wouldn't recommend. But Like I had the most fun when I was drinking and trying to watch those movies. But of course, I drink and then... I couldn't understand my notes, so I had to watch what I That is a danger. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would say it, it, it's, it, it could be a fun 90 minutes to watch with your friends. Unfortunately, it's not 90 minutes. <laughs> that, that would be my tagline, I guess, to sum up. And that's it for Cradle of Fear from 2001. Uh, it is that time of the episode where I press the magic button to see what next episode's movie, chosen completely at random from everything streaming, will be. Pressing the magic button right now. Next week's movie is... Oh, we're going back to 2001. Uh, no Such Thing. Okay, but see, this actually looks like a, a movie. <laughs> Not, oh. No Such Thing. I don't know what this is. It's got Sarah Polly in it. Oh. She seems to be the main star, so at least there's like a recognizable face in it. It is on Prime Video and Tubi. So those are your places to watch it for free. Well, I mean, Tubi's always free. Amazon Prime, if you already have it, I suppose. Uh, yeah, No Such Thing from 2001. 
Should I read the description? Give people a little better idea. Beatrice's fiance is killed by a monster in Iceland. The monster is immortal but longs to die. Beatrice helps him achieve this by contacting a scientist who can destroy matter painlessly. Hmm. Okay. So like a drum, like maybe like a Beauty and the Beast modern sort of, I don't know. But that's everyone's homework for next week, next episode. No such thing on from 2001 on Amazon Prime and Tubi. We'll see how that goes. Ma'am, thank you for your time. Where can yeah. people find you and your show if they want to go have All a delightful right. time? Um, well, uh, I'm under Christine Hoare, either one word or two, pretty much everywhere. On I'm on TikTok, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Slasher, I'm on Spotify and Anchor. Um, easiest way to probably find me on Spotify or Anchor is look up 13 Things with Christine uh -huh. Hoare. That's uh, what I call my show, but of course I need to have guests on. I need to bring you on. I keep forgetting to like contact you and bug you to do one with me, because I can't get anyone to go. Like none of my friends want to do it, so that's how supportive all my friends are. <laughs> Anytime, anytime, I'm but, around. <laughs> everyone, come and check it out, and you'll learn 13 things about a movie. <laughs> yep. I love discussions. My dad tells me I need to have more people on. Yeah. <laughs> so, like he, he listened to the one with me and you, and he was like, "This, see, this is good." You guys talking together. This is good. So apparently mine isn't as good as yours. I'll tell you. A, tell your dad thank you. B, tell your dad that he's more supportive of his daughter. Uh, <laughs> sorry, dad. Um, but yeah, everybody should go listen. It's a, it's a, it's a delightful time, and it's a quick. It doesn't. It's not. It doesn't drag on like this show does. Sometimes it's quick little in and out, easy listening, no problem. But yeah, I'll come on there any time, anytime you like. As long as it's a movie available right. to me, I will do that. No problem. I'm going to have to torture you. I'm going to have to torture you like this one. I know it was my fault. I said, yeah, I'll do a bad movie. That'll be great. Yeah, that's the thing. I want everybody to know. <laughs> I <hate> my words. <laughs> well, after we did the last episode, she's like, next time you should have me on for something really shitty. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and I kept it's my, my fault. And really, honestly, this compared to some things I've done on this show, this isn't even that shitty. I've had a dozen movies shittier than this so you still are getting off a little light all right all right everybody I know, I know. that's but christine no, was, I mean... and she is wonderful go check her out i am as always at heath lambert 78 on twitter the show is that's so random p2 the show has an email address that's so random pod at gmail.com for all of your whatever you have to say i'll get around to another mailbag episode at some point i'm on slasher as well uh artwork for the show by Joe Humphrey, who is at Mr. Joe Humphrey on Twitter and Slasher. That'll do it for this week. Any any final thoughts from you before we go? No, just uh, it was fun. <laughs> a little torturous, but fun. And thank you for having me on again. And I can't wait to be a third timer. Of course, of course. yes. <laughs> we will get you in the third timers club. I will stop by your show any old time you like. And we will, uh, yeah, it's a thing, man. We have a good time. So, everybody, one last time, a reminder, your homework for next episode, No Such Thing, from 2001, on Tubi and Amazon Prime. And that'll do it for this week. On behalf of myself and Christine, have a good week. Goodbye.